Hey, badasses. I'm Kelly Young. And I'm Stevie Stays Kirsch. And we're your hosts for the Badassery Live podcast, a podcast where we feature the stories of women that make us say, that's badass. Through this podcast, we want to lift others up and empower all women to own their badassery life. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave us a review. We'd also love it if you joined us on social media, Facebook and Instagram at Badassery Life. And if there's a badass woman that you want us to know, email us at badassrelife at gmail.com. With each episode, we hope to awaken the badass in you by bringing you stories of powerful, beautiful, bold women like this one. All right, let's get started. So this is going to be a little bit different of an intro, Susan. So we actually scooped out some information from friends of yours, and I love this uh, uh, response that I got one of, from one of your friends. So guys, we're talking to Susan Boffman today, so we'll get into her background and where she's been, where she's going, that sort of thing. But I love this response from a friend of yours that said, Susan loves her family and friends hard. She's passionate about her work and her work ethic is off the charts. She's sarcastic and has a dry sense of humor and she likes red wine. You got us with that one. (laughs) Um, She loves to vacation in warm places. She doesn't really understand doing things half-assed, which means she doesn't tolerate mediocrity. I really appreciate this. Um, She's a good listener and remembers stories of things that happened a long time ago. So you've got some big fans. We also posted and bragged, I name dropped on social media that we were going to be interviewing you. And you're like, I love Susan. Susan's a badass. You've got the right person. So yeah. So Stevie and I are so excited to have you join us. Um, Literally, for anybody that's listening, um, she responded by email to my request the morning, like 2 a.m. after the national championships that she um, oversaw here in Indianapolis. So I, I, I didn't know I, that. Yeah, you did it. I didn't. Yeah. So Stevie and I were talking about trying to get you on the show. And I think my email to Susan, the subject line was too soon. Can you know? <laughs> So Susan, thanks for joining us. Thanks for making the time. We're so excited to have you here. Well, thanks so much. I feel like I did email you, but I was awake when I got your email and I thought, (laughs) hey, no time like the present. So I don't forget this. Let's just answer back. That, that was, I like literally woke up and then I think I texted Stevie. I was like, oh my God, we got her. <laughs> She's got to join us on the show. So um, yeah, so we're just so excited. So kind of talk us through your career and an amazing career that it is. And we want to talk about football and sports and gymnastics and everything, but you know, start, I guess, how do you even start a career? Like yeah, I, I did not uh, go to school to run sporting events, did not know that was a career. Um, I went to IU down in Bloomington, and I loved it. That was one of the best times of life, I think, being in Bloomington for four years. Um, but when I went to school, I think that the sports management degree was still under Parks and Rec, like the TV show. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> I was not at all uh, looking for that. I was in journalism school and sociology and kind of thinking I was going to go to law school, possibly. Um, But through, I guess, a little reflection at the end of graduation, I was thinking, do I really want to go to law school? What do I really want to do with my time? And I hadn't really worked in an office or done any normal jobs. I'd worked at a golf course and I tutored and I did some 
off the off the radar kind of things. I thought, well, maybe I should figure out if I can actually do work in an office before I go to law school. And um, so I deferred my enrollment and I, through an odd chain of interviews, found a job with the 91 World Gymnastics Championships, um, which was a, a host committee just like I'm working on now for the college football playoff. It was in Indianapolis. I started at the end of 90. Um, the Simon Circle Center Mall was like a hole in the ground. They were just constructing that at the time. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever to work downtown. And so that was my first job. And I learned a lot about logistics and schedules and organization and I would say basic project management. And I loved it. And so I actually never found my way back to law school. And <laughs> I ended up working in sports um, all the way from then to now. So Susan, you said that you loved the logistics of it and the planning of it. What was it specifically that you loved? So was it just the structure of it? Was Tell me about what you loved about that aspect of it. I, I think at the time, because I didn't know what I was doing pretty much every day at work, they would say, do X project. And I would think I have no idea how to do that. Um, I liked taking a problem and solving it and sort of taking the chaos and the pieces and putting structure to it. So mm-hmm. I think that I liked organizing, you know, the puzzle pieces. And I still like that today. Do you think you got that uh, drive or that passion or that knowledge or that skill, whatever you want to call it, from growing up? You said you grew up in a on a farm in Morrisville, Indiana. Any of the, like, maybe watching your your family dynamics and, and I don't know, logistics is a lot to me, but, you know, I don't know if, like, growing up that that helped you at all. I think I was always a little organizer. I like to read or take parts of things and put them together to make something whole. I always like cooking for that reason, right? So you take a bunch of stuff, throw it together, and you end up coming out with something you can eat. This is a good uh, program. Sometimes. That's not, in my, <laughs> yeah. not in my kitchen. <laughs> I, I'm better at doing events, I think, than I am cooking, that's for sure. But I still like trying. But I think like I was always a little bit wanting to be the one in charge of the group or if we were planning uh, the day, I wanted to be the one to put the schedule together. And I was always thinking, you know, we have to be on time and we need to take all the things we need to get through the day. So I think it was growing up kind of being like a little mini organizer, both for my family and, and maybe at school, too. I always kind of was compelled to be in charge of the group projects. I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys were that way or not, but yeah. I kind of hated group projects because you have to rely on everybody. But if I was going to do one, I wanted to be in charge of it. Yeah. Yeah. My mom used to say that I would, you know, volunteer to, to be the head of whatever club. And she's like, you don't even know what you're signing up for. I'm like, it doesn't matter. I'll be, I want to be, be the head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I would be charged. Susan, can you walk us through like the events? Because I know like knowing your background and knowing some of the events, knowing that you started at USA Gymnastics, you're at Indiana Sports Court for 23 plus years. I know you can't name all of the events and all of the sports, but like, what are some of those highlights? Because I know even Stevie and I were talking and we're like, oh yeah, remember when she turned the, uh, she made a pool inside of what was it called at the time? Um, was it Conseco? Conseco? Yeah, was it Conseco? Yeah, yeah. At the yeah. field house. Yeah, at yeah. the field house. So like, what are some of those amazing highlights um, of your career? Like kind of talk up some of those. Cause I'm I like, think- oh, yeah. Yeah, it's super cool. I've had so many opportunities. I, I'm so grateful for over the years. I think some of my favorite ones were the international events that we did um, through Indiana Sports Corp and partnerships with the Pacers and the Colts. Um, we did the World Police and Fire Games, which was 
um, 10,000 police and firemen from all over the world that came here, um, multiple sports, multiple venues. And it was just super festive and fun to see all the firemen and the policemen running around downtown trading their fire shirts and their police shirts. Um, that was a favorite for sure. And we, we had a theme for that one called Heroes in the Heartland. And that is just like proven to be such a great theme for our public safety over all these years. Uh, we did that. And then we did the World Basketball Championships, which was another international event that was really cool to be able to work with the different countries and bring their teams into town. Um, that one happened at both the Fieldhouse and also the RCA Dome at the time. Um, and then we did the World Swimming. You mentioned building two pools inside of the, the Fieldhouse, which was like, unbelievable. What? Yeah. Like, what? How do you do this? And, and learning how to do it was super cool and the partnerships that we had. Um, we also have done you know, a whole series of Olympic trials. So for, for diving and for swimming, um, we ran uh, national track and field championships. I think all those national governing body events are really close to my heart as well. I really love the Olympics, um, both summer and winter Olympics. And so I always thought that was very special to be able to work on those here and create the stage for those athletes to move on to the Olympic Games. Um, and then obviously a highlight, and I, I think maybe where I met you, Kelly, a long time ago is working on the final fours. So I've done a lot of basketball NCAA championships as well as other championships for them. And I always feel like that's the pinnacle for college sports. So it's really such a great feeling to try to pull these events together. So the athletes come out and they do their very best competition, you know, and, and it not only puts Indianapolis on a great stage, but you're able to, to create a great competition for the athletes. Agreed. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, Susan, you have such an illustrious and impressive career. You did mention 23 years plus at Indy Sports Corp. For the listeners who aren't sure what that is, can you kind of talk about what Indy Sports Corp does? Sure. Indiana Sports Corp is a nonprofit here in the, the city that has been around for years and years. They started out by um, hosting the American Sports Festival and the Pan Am Games, um, and it has, has continued to be a preeminent and leading sports commission in our country um, for all these years and is still that today. And so I feel like the Indiana Sports Corp has brought a lot of recognition to Indiana through these sporting events because they're always um, televised or they're well publicized around the world. Um, as well as bringing visitors into our town so they can see what a great place it is to bring a convention or do another kind of event. Um, so it's really been pivotal, I think, to the development of Indianapolis to have Indiana Sports Corp here um, bidding on events and bringing them into town. Absolutely. And I want to mention that, you know, there was a, a very cognizant and thoughtful approach years and years ago to make Indianapolis kind of the amateur sports capital of the world. And it was a gamble that really has paid off and we're all reaping the benefits. And Susan, you've been right in the trenches and that's amazing. It's been great. And to be honest, like we're so lucky as a city and a state to be able to bring these high level events and the notoriety here. Um, a lot of people that do the job that I do around the country, they have to move every couple of years to go wherever the big event is being held. And Indy's been such a great host. Like I've been able to to stay here in Indianapolis where my family is and be able to continue to do the kind of work that I love and be able to stay right here at home. That's awesome. Yeah. And as you listed all those events, I'm like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Oh yeah. <laughs> like so many, I feel like you exhaust me just even really like thinking about <laughs> all of it. But one thing I think you um, mentioned, and maybe it was even in our kind of like our pre 
interview before this um, is the importance of connections. And we first met Final Four and and then stayed connected enough. Maybe, you know, obviously through the pandemic, I'm not seeing people as much face-to-face, but you definitely are very passionate about staying connected with people. I imagine through all of those different events, there's like thousands of volunteers that you um, have, you know, impacted their world in some way or the other. But you talked about the fact that that, you know, everybody has an interesting connection, no matter what their job is. And everybody has a interesting story. And, and maybe when your dad, you know, you said he was a farmer and which was awesome, but it didn't necessarily lead to some of those downtown indie connections. But now you have all these great connections and the importance of that. So talk a little bit about, about that and, and uh, what it means to you to have some of those um, amazing connections that you've had throughout your career. Yeah, I feel like Indianapolis is one of those places like there's already that um, sort of social fabric, the way people stay in touch here and can work together. And, you know, I've had when I worked at USA Gymnastics, I actually did the opposite. I did the same sport, but I traveled to all these different cities to put on the event. And so the difference is you're always starting like from square one, trying to figure out how to solve a problem or who can you trust or what vendor do you use? And when I switched and I went to work for Indiana Sports Corp, I thought one of the really wonderful things that I learned was how connected you can be within your own community, just because you create a base of people that trust you, you trust them. You literally can pick up a phone in Indianapolis and call any number of people to help solve a problem. And I just don't think that's typical of other communities. And it's one of the reasons I really love to work and live in Indianapolis and and be in our state, because I think it's really special. And I think there's a lot of talent in Indiana that people don't necessarily always know about until they get here. And then they come for an event and they have this opportunity to see how the community pulls together. And I just don't see it anywhere else. I think it's amazing. And I feel like I'm really lucky to be in that group. And that's why I want to stay connected. I feel like it makes me love the city all the more. And it makes you, you learn about things you don't even know are happening here. And I think that's just a really great and wonderful thing about our city. I couldn't agree more. And Susan, I don't know if you're like me and Kelly, maybe you too, but when you go to other cities, when they're hosting events and you're like, oh, that's cute. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Indy blows it out. We just, it, it's such a, in, so ingrained in the culture of Indy to put on a, an amazing event. And Susan, you're such a big part of that. Well, I think we it's really, probably, we can probably yeah. say it's meh, but Susan probably can't say that about other cities. <laughs> I feel like every time we go somewhere, it's super great because you want to see the culture of all these cities. I love, like, I like my red wine. I also like to go to restaurants. I like to see whatever is the cool thing in that city and what their vibe is. So I do think it's fun to travel around and, and get that piece of every city. But when people come here, it's like a takeover. You know, it's like a social media takeover. People, The group comes in and it's college football all weekend for four days and they feel like they own the place. And I think people love that. That's like a sense of self, a sense of place. It allows you to sort of brand whatever event is here. And I think that's why like our volunteers and our businesses get so excited because they know they're a part of this really bigger thing. Yeah. And To me, I feel like that's what's so great about Indianapolis. I mean, you guys have been a part of it. You know what I mean? And and for us, it's like, how do you put that little twist, the indie flair? That's what I would call it. How do you make that happen for any kind of event that comes here? I agree. And I've been fortunate, as has Kelly, to serve on host committees for different events here. Um, Most recently, the one that you headed up, I was not part of. 
that I had to be out of town and I was flying back, I think on Sunday or Mon- Sunday, I think, and walking through the airport, I'm like beaming with pride because it's like, yes, you know, you just, that you cross that threshold and it's like an amazing kind of interlude into what you're about to experience in the city of Indianapolis. And it's just incredible. It's like immersion. That's, that's yeah. the word that comes to my mind. Whereas you go somewhere else and you're looking to see if there's any hint of the event. You come here and it's like you're immediately immersed and they they know what they're going to get. They're like, oh, yeah. I'm embraced. People care about our event here. I, I think that's an amazing way to feel. Yeah, I agree. And I was really hoping that there were plenty of people coming off the plane as I was from other cities to, to see how we how we do, you know. Did you kind of want to be behind them, Stevie, and be like, this is my city. That's yeah. my city. Yeah. I know these people. I'm a local. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know them. Um, Susan, I had a question because I'm trying to, like, as I follow your career. So you were at Indiana Sports Corp, but technically you left Indiana Sports Corp to run the 2022 college football playoff. Is that correct? I did. Yes. It was a, it's a nonprofit. It's a separate nonprofit. So I was able to take a, take this opportunity and, and come and run this event. Okay. And how many years in the, the, the making was something like that? Yeah. So it was about three years from the time that we did the bid, almost four years from the time we bid on it to actually having the event weekend here. So a long time to plan, I guess a year per day, right. For the, <laughs> for the event weekend. Right. And how competitive Susan was that? I know that they're all very competitive, but was it down to a couple cities back when they chose in 2017 that Indy, Indy was the preeminent winner or how close was it? It was a different kind of bid, actually, and this is a real compliment to the city as well. The National CFP organization actually called and said, we, we want this to be in Indianapolis. They called four or five cities and they said, this would be the year. We want you only if you can meet our bid specs. And then they gave us like three weeks to figure out if we could do all the things that they needed us to do. So wow. that was an interesting thing. Three weeks, it was like 20 hours a day. We were trying to figure out, not just me, but our whole bid team, like, can we do this? Are we going to be able to pull this together in time? And can we be everything that they want us to be? And so we we obviously did get it pulled together. They, they awarded us the event. And we're the first city that doesn't host a bowl game on a regular basis to be able to run the national championship. And we're also the first time they've gone to any type of cold weather city um, or off of the coast. So it was a real compliment to Indianapolis. And that was just based on the history of success that's happened here for other events. That's cool. Was, was there any part of that bid process where with their demands or requirements, you were like, oh, I'm panicked about this, or can we really pull that off? I mean, they had some pretty stringent requirements, both in um, amount of space for like special event venues. Um, and then also, I would say just a number of hotel rooms within a certain number of miles. And so the bid specs are obviously written for sort of generically to go across different cities. Um, But when you look at a city of our size, I think that we may not meet all the by the numbers, but we offer them so many other things like our skywalks and the fact that the Indianapolis Colts are so supportive and that we have a walkability that no other city really has. And so you kind of play those things off of each other. So you may not meet every single thing by the letter, but we had so much more to give them. They were, they were excited about it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Stevie and I, like I said, we were like, score. We got Susan Boffin to talk to be on the show to talk to us um, after, you know, such an incredible weekend of the the college football playoff and to talk about your career. But let's shift a little bit to you personally as well. Um, What really matters to you most, whether it's your career, your family, growing up, whatever that is, but, but what really matters most to you? What, what kind of, 
touches at you? I think my, my main concern is always like my family and my friends, it, it all goes to people. So I, my job is important. I work a lot and I'm really into my work, whatever my project is. But the reason why I like the work is the people I work with, you know, and the partnership. So I think it comes back to that all the time. And I don't, I don't know that there's anything more important because when things are bad, you have your people. And when things are good, you have your people. But if you don't have people you trust and love and want to spend time with, you know, for me, that would be like a lonely existence. I I think I'm an introverted extrovert. Like I'm actually fine by myself, but I think I get the most joy and the most satisfaction out of just hanging out with people. I don't really have to do a whole lot. It's just like being with the right people, celebrating, talking, being able to just enjoy time. And I think if nothing else, like over the last couple of years, maybe you guys agree, um, you know, your people were the most important thing. And it was really hard to not be able to see people physically and in person and get the facial expression and get the hug and and do all those things. So I I definitely think my happiness comes down to the people that I'm around. Well, you told us a little bit of what you were like as a youngster. What did young Susan think that she was going to be when she grew up? Um, I think I thought I was going to write a book, which is not out of the reality. Maybe that would still happen. There's a little sure teaser. Write about. Yes. Listeners you, heard ready here, for it. you heard it here. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I, I did. I love to write. I learned how to read and type when I was just like way little kid. I was obsessed with books and words. And I wanted more than anything to be able to type. How, how crazy is that? Uh, I still like typing today. So, yeah, I think I, I thought I would write books for a living. What kind of book? Um, I'm pretty sure when I was young, I would have been storytelling. It would have been fiction. But the older I get, I think I would write a book about people and relationships Mm -hmm. because you watch other people and you learn so much kind of what to do, what not to do, like where problems happen. And if you could write a really good book, how great would that be? I would want to read that book if it had the key to success, like for relationships. Right. I think we all. I'm not saying I have the key to success, but I think it'd be a great book. (laughs) Right. Were there any panic moments for you during the football playoffs? You know, we were really fortunate. Um, We did have uh, some inclement weather on Saturday night where we got into a freeze situation. And, you know, there were some people sliding around. Maybe you were out in it. And, you know, we were concerned for people's just well-being. Um, But everybody sprung into action. This was a total Indianapolis thing too. All of a sudden there were 30 or 40 volunteers out of our force with buckets of salt, hand spreading salt. DPW was out spreading salt. And like within 45 minutes, I feel like things really like were managed. And so, you know, if you only have 45 minutes of a bad problem, that, that wasn't too bad. Right. And um, we were really fortunate people. I feel like people in Indianapolis come downtown to these events with a really good attitude And that's part of the reason why it works. So we were really fortunate and felt um, like the fans from out of town or from Indiana had a really good time. I'll tell you that my sister lives in Charleston, South Carolina, and she said her neighbors were up here for the event. And I said, what do they think? And they said, she said, well, yeah, they said it was cold, but they had an awesome time. Like they just had, we heard that a lot, you know, you'd run into somebody and they'd be like, oh my God, it was cold. And I'd be like, yeah, it was cold. And then they'd immediately follow up. But did you see the strolling piano that was out on Georgia street? Did you see the band? Did you go to the circle? Did you see the light show? You know? So I feel like, um, all those fun things are a great distraction when it's cold. It gives you something to look at as you're passing through. 
Yep. And nobody wanted to miss the fun. So they they did put on their coat and their hat and get out there. And that's that's really all we could ask for. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. What do you think, Susan, has led to your success? Because you definitely have a, a very successful career and successful relationships. I mean, it kind of goes both career and personal. But what do you think has led to, to that success? Well, I guess self-reflection here. I I hope it's from listening to what other people need and, and want from either me or from the job and, and trying to incorporate that into my approach and what I'm trying to do. Um, I think my, I've tried to keep an open mind. I feel like there's still so much to learn and there's so many people who are good at things here that you can always learn something new that's going to help you as you move forward. Um, for me personally, I feel like I always am willing and want to work really hard. So I think you know, never shying away from that extra hour or extra week or whatever it is of work to get us where we need to go is really important. And I, I also think as I get older, like listening to people of all ages, younger, older, my age, and hearing different viewpoints, kind of not going into something thinking you already know what the answer is. And that sometimes you do think, you know, and I feel like I learn the most when I throw that out the window and just kind of listen to what's on the table in front of me and try not to have already made up my mind. Um, so I think those are all tricks of the trade and, and just really listening and learning from other people being a key to success. So, yeah, I love that. But I'm so I'm curious about like job. I'm still kind of hung up. Like, so you were at Sports Corp for 23 years and you actually leave, get it's a new job. Right. So then what's next? Do you go back to the Indiana Sports Corp? Is there something totally new or do you even know yet? So this job, I'll, I'll go ahead and wrap it up. We're paying bills right and left. So that's been fun. We'll do an after action report and a debriefing with the national office. Um, I love so that, that you said be- that the bills are paying all that, that was fun. Like that you're, <laughs> <laughs> it's it is fun when you have money to pay them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that's just part of it. I do like closing out the event. I had a, a good friend of mine that I learned a lot from in the event business. And she always said, close it out as well as you set it up. And so that's always stuck with me. So I kind of like the, the after the event. Um, but after we get that done and we, we close the books on it, I'm definitely, you know, looking for a job. Um, I don't know what direction I'll go. So maybe it's sports, maybe it's something else in the community, but hopefully it'll be something where um, I can use the relationships that I have and and bring people together. I like to um, do things that are sort of the greater good. I like doing things for the city and the state. I've always worked for a nonprofit in the past, but I've definitely got an open mind. So I don't know where I'll end up. Look at you! Maybe we'll come back and do another podcast. I was like, you could co-co-host Badassery Life because we're making millions off of this. (laughs) Perfect. What would you want to do, Susan? Like, is there anything out there? Let's say it's not just a job, job. Maybe it's an avocation. What? And you could turn an avocation into something cool. What would you? What do you want to do? Well, this is totally. I don't know that I am doing this, but like as something that's totally off of the normal path that I've been on. I feel like um, the elderly definitely need advocates and I have a real soft spot for older people. And I think that would be a great service to provide just to help um, people who maybe just need a little extra help or people who need medical advocates um, and those kind of things. So that's totally off the beaten path of what I do for a day job. But I feel like that'd be a great volunteer activity that I could uh, put my heart behind. Um, And so for as for the next job, I don't know, we're going to have to see what's out there and if I can maybe contribute to something. I'm looking forward to it, but you know, time will tell. 
Yeah. Well, as a person who's taking care of her 103-year-old mom right now, I can tell you that the elderly folks need all the advocacy they can get. So that's great. I was going to mention uh, Tina McIntosh. Uh, love to connect you with her if you don't already know that amazing woman here in our town who um, started Joy's House and is a mm-hmm. huge advocate for the elderly. So we'll make that connection as well. You might probably, again, you probably already know her, but um, we, we we love us some Tina McIntosh on this show. Yeah, yeah that's great. That's awesome. We got to take care of all of our, our generations, right? So it takes, yeah, right. takes everybody, takes help from different people to, to get through it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Susan, all of our guests have incredible gifts and you have, I don't know, a gazillion of them. <laughs> what, what do you think your primary gift is and how do you like to share it with others? I feel like these are hard questions, ladies. Um, I get, I feel like I maybe have a gift of listening. I, I talk a lot, but I do think it's the most important thing because if you don't listen to how somebody's feeling or how they're reacting to what you're talking to them about or what you're asking them for, it's hard to get to the end of the road on something that you want to do, um, whether that's personal or whether that's work-related. So I think if, if that is a gift, I think listening to people is a good, um, good outlet for them. And there's a lot of people who maybe don't have someone to talk to. And so I feel like that's something that I like to share with people and just be willing to be open to what their ideas are or what they might need at any given time, or if they just need an ear. Yeah. Well, this shouldn't be a hard question and this will be the last one, but since your friend Ellen Saul mentioned the red wine, what's your favorite red wine? Ooh, I like Italian. Like I like Barbera or can I just say it? Montepulciano. Oh, I love it. <laughs> you have to say it that way or you can't pronounce it at all. <laughs> but really, I don't know if I've met a bottle of red I didn't like. So I'm pretty open. <laughs> Equal opportunity. Yeah. Stevie, what about you? What's your favorite wine? Well, wine. Um, but I was going <laughs> to tell Susan that I don't know if you shop at Aldi, but here's a pro tip. Aldi has its own brand called Winking Owl and the red wine is incredible. Like it's a, it's one of those two buck chuck. It's like three 99, but love all it. the reviews from the top wine analysts love this wine. Ooh, maybe this is my next job. Actually. What if I did wine tasting? Oh, yes. I mean, wouldn't that be so fun? Yes. You had me at okay. wine. I yes. do like to eat and drink. So maybe I can incorporate <laughs> something into my <laughs> my work life, but I'm going to have to go try this wine. Thanks for the yeah. tip. Yeah. Buy I, buy the for, I buy them as a marketer. I either buy them for their name or because the, the design on the uh, bottle. So sometimes totally. like freak show. Whoever, whoever said, don't judge a wine by its label or a book by its cover. Totally wrong. I know. <laughs> totally wrong. Funny story. And I know we have to close this out because Jenny's like 30 minutes it's over, but I was at Meyer looking at wine. This was years ago. And there's little old lady is like passing me by and I'm passing her by and we're looking at the same, you know, like we're trying to find something I was trying to find, was it true crime, um, wine. And all of a sudden I stopped her and I was like, well, what are you looking for? And maybe I'll find it and I'll tell you what I'm looking for. And she kind of in a hushed voice, she goes, I'm looking for a wine for my daughter. She said, it's called, I'm looking for menage a trois. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh my, <laughs> it's over here. Yeah, I was like, well, let me direct you to the menage a trois. I know a thing or two. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, go. I love it. Love it. All right, Susan, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for making the time, especially after such an incredibly 
big and successful event that you pulled off. We appreciate you uh, being a part of our show and telling your story and, and sharing your passion with us as well, too. Definitely, as we think through guests, we're always like, who's that badass? And we're like, oh, Susan. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm uh, honored to be in your badass company. So thank yeah. you so much for having me here. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks to all of you badasses out there listening. We'd love to hear what you think. Write a review or shoot us a message at badassrelife at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at badassrelife and on Instagram at badassry underscore life. We'd love to give a shout out to Kevin McLeod for our music and our badass producer, Jenny Duran. Until next time, keep being your badass selves. Thanks, guys. Thanks.